Would you be surprised to know that some of the most successful women of our time face challenges just like you and I do? Hi, I'm Amber. And I'm Lisa. We're authors of the book, Leading Ladies, Discover Your God-Grown Strategy for Success. We invite you to join us in an honest, messy bun conversation about the things we'd rather keep hidden in our lives. Some of those things can keep us from moving forward in purpose. So grab a cup of something delicious, kick off your shoes, and hang out with us for the next 30 minutes. Thank you guys for joining us today for another coffee chat. I'm going to go with iced tea this morning, if that's all right, with everyone. Um, I have to have tea hot. I'm sorry. We are too British in our house. Do you love tea hot? And I have favorites. Um, as a vocalist, I recognize that cold is not always best for the cords. But if I'm thirsty, I gotta have the ice. Those tannins on the back of my tongue. Yeah. That's another thing. British culture, you do not have ice. And so I tell people if they come to my house, we have beverages. Just bring your own ice. (laughs) Let's just ease into our conversation today. We're going to talk about those things people label us because of nothing we've intrinsically done. It's just the way that they feel better about themselves when they call us something. But we're also going to talk about how do we label ourselves, whether it's because of our insecurities, our self-doubts. I did some research this week on how different cultures name their children. We're in this place today where in America, we just name our kids whatever we want. It's not like that everywhere else. For instance, in Greek culture, it is very normal for a baby not to actually have a name for the first seven to 10 days of their life. Um, And it is also very normal and quite traditional for the oldest son and the oldest daughter to be named after the paternal grandfather and grandmother. Yeah. And I know in a lot of cultures, even in Irish culture, we carry on those traditions and stuff like that. Um, for instance, those who are um, from Kenya that speak Swahili, I found this very interesting. Babies receive a first birth name, not from their parents, but from an older relative. That relative bases that first name that babies get off of the baby's appearance. <laughs> now, some pretty conehead babies. I wonder if there's any babies named conehead. I don't know. <laughs> but at the same time, it's kind of interesting. Some of us might say that new babies are a little interesting looking. Can you imagine the names? Yes. They say somewhere between that time when they get that name and up to 40 days later, the actual birth parents and the paternal grandparents bring what they call an adult name for the baby. Wow. I guess you don't always have to go with what your first impression was to (laughs) applaud your oldest ancestor. So those are just some funny little tidbits. I always wondered as I studied, as you study the Bible, you know, you hear about names and then you get the meaning of the name. And it always amazes me how names can sometimes really be wrapped right around who that personality is before we even know their personality. Exactly. I know that it is interesting how kind of people walk in their name. And even in the Bible, it says, you know, about naming your child. I I was very 
purpose in naming my children after um, Shakespeare and um, 1960s music culture. <laughs> but everything that I named them was very meaningful to me. It's interesting that we do, we do give uh, names to grow on. Um, what are the old names that people named their kids? Are you like, I don't know if that person's going to be an executive or not. This conversation came about, first of all, um, we talk about labels. We talk about being mislabeled by events in life. Perhaps we've had some indiscretions in life. Perhaps mm -hmm. people have known us to be one thing and through transformation, uh, walk with Jesus, uh, maybe some good therapy. We've been able to change those labels, those perceptions. Um, some of us have been put into a box and labeled, like I said, based upon what others feel towards us, or maybe even what others feel intrinsically towards themselves. Yeah. Perhaps it makes them feel better to look at us a certain way. And, um, in those cases, we have to be really careful about taking on some of those negative handles we're given. But also, um, I want to kind of talk about this past week, I saw a little, pin come through social media. I think I saw it last Sunday and it was just a very simple pin. And I'm sure several of you have seen it because since then I've seen it shared a couple of times in my circle. Um, uh, I saw this little pin that basically said Joshua two, Rahab, the prostitute right beneath it. It says Matthew one, Rahab, the grandfather, the grandmother of the Messiah. Wow. And in seeing that, it just triggered, it's funny how things work with the book that we've written, Leading Ladies. We have really seen a lot that we talk about here on this little live, this podcast that comes back to just who we were before we knew him or who other people perceived us to be and their voices have such an impact on us that we don't really walk in who did he did make us to be. It has to do with how we feel about ourselves. Um, and it just opened up the whole thought. We do mislabel. We mislabel ourselves and we yeah. mislabel others. I think more people think of Rahab as the prostitute and not as the grandmother of Jesus. Let's just be honest here. Um, and it's it's probably mentioned more um, about indiscretion that it is mentioned about the lineage that she was honored to carry. And I think that's really significant in, um, because, again, it's a label, um, right. but it's the most pronounced label. It is. And it's ultimately, it's um, the derogatory label is something that she just didn't really shake. Yes. Because we're yes. still talking about it today. Yeah. Like, and I know even, even in literature, um, they, they talk about, um, Hester Prim and, uh, and, um, she wore the scarlet A on her chest for adultery. And as people really got to know her, that was covered, but the A was still there. And, but the meaning changed. And that is because people, knew that she was a changed person who 
had chose wrong and but they didn't really see the fullness of who she was and those who grew with her and knew um who she was right um those were the people who really truly um interpreted her a again as angel and um that's how we go through life i know dealing um with a mental health label is very um very challenging at times i don't like to say i have psychotic episodes very little people would even think that of me when i'm hanging out or talking about writing a book or um being the managing editor of a christian women's magazine and i had to struggle with that too because the shame of that i don't i doubt rahab called went around i'm rahab the prostitute um but you know um a lot of people have thoughts about you and your abilities based on the labels you actually physically carry, whether you struggle with drug addiction, whether you um, came out of um, human trafficking, or you deal with mental health issues, anxiety, um, just different things. One of the things that was very fascinating in uh, the book, we talked to Katie and she talks about struggling with anxiety and not just struggling with anxiety. And there were other issues in her life that created yeah. that, but crushing, crushing anxiety. crushing anxiety, the kind that stops you in your tracks, immobilized out of those moments when she had those crushing anxiety episodes. God used her magnificently in those moments, which you can read about in the book, to literally write some of the most profound lyrics we've had in the church uh, in the past, in song, in worship, in the past. I'd say when I first heard um, her first song come out, I was just like, what in the world? It was like, wow. And I had no idea she'd gone through that. She even might label herself as, well, I deal with anxiety disorder, but I wonder how many people she helps as she stands up on stage and says, you know what? I have life controlling, crushing anxiety, yet God has given me the power to be here up on stage. Amen. And I want you to see that the label of anxiety has not controlled my future, has not steered me. That's where we we get to. Um, we need to know that there is labels. Exactly. There are people will label us. This is fishbowl car- culture we're living in, right? right? Everything is Facebook. What you're seeing on the Facebook feed, it's very behind glass. And it's challenging, I guess. It is. Because what people see it behind glass. Lisa, do you feel like, what are some of the things that you deal with in the behind the glass culture? <laughs> yeah, is that fishbowl culture? You and I had talked about this before, where um, even upon social media, everybody thinks they know you. They think <laughs> right? they know you, right? They watch you on social media, and let's be honest as well. We don't always um, show people everything on social media, whether we deem it not appropriate or we're private. Maybe it's private, or I don't know, whatever it is. I was just saying to you earlier that doing what we've been doing a couple of times, it's come up even in trying to establish ourselves 
as authors, how do you present yourself? And I've always been very conflicted being that person who maybe has one social media account for family and friends, the people who are in our closest inner circle, and having one social media for those people uh, that I'm professionally linked with or for those that I want to give an impression to. I'm real conflicted. I'm one of those people who's like, um, I'm kind of thinking you ought to see me as both. And I need yeah. to live in a way that I'm comfortable with sharing yeah. both. Um, and I don't know, for me, the whole fishbowl culture of social media really does make us see people a certain way. We hear them say one thing, maybe. Yeah. Maybe they're having a bad day. You and I were discussing this earlier. They're having a yeah. bad day and, and hear that one thing. And all of a sudden you label in your mind that they're difficult or yeah. not even recognizing yeah. there's a whole bunch of other things they've put out there that were not yeah. that way. So I don't know, the fishbowl cultural culture and the impressions we get from it are very interesting. And um, to say the least, not accurate most of the time. Yeah, exactly. um, it's funny because we make comparisons. So let's just talk about it this way. We make upward comparisons with those who we deem are better than us or have a more, maybe a more uh, fulfilling or successful lifestyle. So we make upward comparisons. And then we also make comparisons that are downward comparisons where we start to talk about those who are worse than us. We compare comparison affects how our emotions work. They affect how we color or feel about other people. It's funny this week, everything I read, everything from my daily devotions um, led back to this concept of comparison and labeling people. Yes. And ultimately, why do we do that? Why do we compare ourselves to others? Why do we walk in labels that are not attractive? Um, why do we allow ourselves to be known by those labels? What can we do to make things different? First of all, we have to become aware of the labels we take on and that we put on other people because we are comparing ourselves to them or we yeah. are compared to some standard. And yeah. we have to ask God to lead us in a life that is free from comparison and labeling. Yeah. So make a decision. Because I bet Jesus himself was labeled. And we know that because he was labeled by the people who were in the church as this kind of troublemaker that was always pushing over tables and such. Yeah. When you get into a place and you get angry and you push over tables, that that probably has an imprint on people of what your personality is. But he had 12 disciples and he even had a smaller inner circle that probably um you know, the up close and personal people, um, they had a better idea of who he was. Right. And he only disclosed who he was to a few. And that must have been challenging because I would say um, if he would have said just proclaimed out initially as he walked into his journey in ministry, I'm the son of God. If he would have walked in that he probably would have gotten slack a lot quicker. Um, yeah. And I wonder what holding that kind of a title or that kind of a label would have um, impacted the whole of his ministry. That's challenging because I can't invite everyone 
here on Facebook into my living room and have coffee with you. If I really sat in my reality here on the podcast, I would literally be sitting in a load of laundry, like piles high. Right. Um, because <laughs> I'm a person. I'm a person. I admit it. I am going to disclose I am a messy. <laughs> and I love you I, anyway. Yes. Yeah, and some things you just don't wear on the t-shirt. The I'm having a bad day. Some people write that on their Facebook and it shows natural concern for them. Or, or once again, even powerful. Yeah. Those things that, um, like you said, you carried a lot of shame with those labels things that are beyond your control um there's not a whole lot you can do about that um you know ultimately understanding we can all be misunderstood and mislabeled Mm -hmm. then again there are some things that we bring about for ourselves we do and we are very well understood the process is what is the heart behind the label maker, whether it's ourselves or someone else intrinsically, what is motivating us to try to peg someone, put them mm-hmm. in a box? We try to put God in a box all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we put those that we love in a box all the time. I think we put ourselves in a box. The essence of labeling can, in a nutshell, come down to, especially if it's done with an attitude of jealousy, hatred, wanting to harm someone, wanting to make ourselves look better than someone and someone look less than us. I think it is sin. And mm-hmm. whether we are doing it to ourselves or others, um, we're taking over the power. Let's just think about this. When God created man and woman, he looked at his creation and he called them good. Mm-hmm. He called them good. God is the one that made us, designed us, breathed into us, equipped us from the beginning once again partially what we're really trying to help women understand from the beginning he equipped you with all kinds of details facets of stuff that are in you for purpose and so often that label that somehow life kicks our way diminishes what we think and feel about all that stuff God put in us, sometimes it covers it all up. We don't even know it's there. It takes just a true miracle for him to unearth it all and say, see, it's been here all along. Um, right. So ultimately, it should be God's uh, choice as our creator to bestow the label. Yeah. And he has some beautiful words to say about us. Um, so I think that needs to be the reminder today. I have a scripture I wanted to read. It's from Galatians 5, and I am going to read it in the message. And while the key point of this would be 526, I'm going to start at 25 for us. Um, In the message, it says, since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. Here comes the key verse. That means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better 
or another worse. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original. That's what we want people to take away from this today. Uh, be careful about the tags you allow to be put upon yourself. Be careful about what you put on yourself and be cautious about um, what you label other people. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week too. Sometimes we've had voices in our lives that have spoken very loudly, so loudly that we started to believe what they said in a negative way. They were negative things, <clears throat> crushing things. We have the ability as a child of God, as a woman of God, wherever our influence is to build people up and instill in them real God purposed labels. We can right. do that. We have a choice. We can call out the good we see in other people. We can encourage the giftedness we see in other people. And we can encourage them to dig deeper and walk in those things themselves. Yeah, it's true. I want to segue to something funny. Lisa, did you have any nicknames when you were a little girl? Yes. That it's stuck. Yes. Maybe not that it's stuck. Tell us about. Okay, just so you know, from as early as I can remember, my dad has called me Pizza Pie or Lisa Pizza. I wonder why. Because I love pizza. <laughs> I guess I was just a tiny little bit of a girl. The story is I was wearing size two toddler dresses when I went to kindergarten because I was so tiny. And yes. I figured how to grow. I'm good now. Yes. As a matter of fact, I grow too much now. But back then, I guess I just really loved pizza. They could count on me. <laughs> so Lisa was the original pizza rat. <laughs> I tell you what, my uh, most prominent nickname was Cozy, given to me by my uncle Ron, um, because I like to stand on the table at family reunions and do impressions of jimmy carter for some reason <laughs> jimmy carter jimmy carter i have no idea so i originally took posy as i let you know my uncle said do you like to be in front of people you like to be up and i'm like i'm gonna rephrase that and, you know, posy is a really beautiful flower Exactly. It is a really beautiful flower. Right. So you never know the names that are put on you that really can be pushed to good. Um, Lisa Pizza. Pizza Pie, Pete for sure. Pizza I answer I, I answer them all. They say the best meal. Um, with all courses of your nutrition and food groups are in a pizza. So you are the ultimate nutrition for uh, the people of your home. And all the yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll leave you with that thought today, and then we're all going to go out and eat pizza because it's on our brain. So we want to encourage you to have a fantastic week. See you next week. Bye, Bye everybody. In a world that often tries to confine and categorize best-selling book leading ladies, discover your God-grown strategy for success celebrates the diverse tapestry of women just like you and their unique journeys of faith. Join Lisa and I as we partner with over 30 women from every hue, age, 
and walk of life united by one mission to let Christ shine through our gifts wherever we are. Within the pages of Leading Ladies, you'll find a wealth of wisdom, inspiration, and practical guidance. These women share their personal stories, triumphs, failures, and the lessons they've learned along the way. Leading Ladies is more than just a book. It's a movement, a call to action for women of faith to rise up, support one another, and make a difference in the world. Together, let's celebrate the strength, resilience, and faith of leading ladies from every background and be inspired to let Christ shine through your gifts, wherever you may be. Leading Ladies, discover your God-grown strategy for success. Available now wherever books are sold.